Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Hello, Hello, faithful listener. (laughs) Welcome to Family Rabble. A podcast where my dad and I chat from other sides of the globe. I'm Bailey Shelton. <laughs> I'm Joe Shelton. And we're really happy to have you here today. Um, I, I, you know, I set aside continuing to mend a denim jacket to be here. So, really, that yeah. was your you, that that's what you you know the Sunday afternoon activities were. Actually, Sunday morning into the afternoon, yeah. Ooh. I don't know that anybody ever like tells you this, but when you are patching a hole in a garment, sometimes it takes forever. Especially if you don't have like an actual sewing machine. You're doing this by hand, I assume. Yes. Well, honestly, with a sewing machine, it would take just as long because I'm not using a patch. I'm using like a... I'm basically like weaving the needle back and forth so that... um. It'll be just more cohesive. If I use a patch, it'll eventually fray and fall off. So, I mean, eventually all <laughs> sorts of things are going to happen to it. <laughs> well, yes, but so basically I, I'm, I'm just filling the hole with more fabric rather than um, sewing over it. I mean, that's fair. So, yeah. I, I know this is fascinating for you, but... I, you wouldn't believe how fast... I'm fascinated by everything you do, Bailey. You're absolutely titillated, man. You're just yeah. bouncing up and down in your seat. <laughs> so is this the the like the high point of the week for you, patching a jacket? Yeah, it's been a really boring week. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, midweek, I, I, you know, I interviewed somebody for my, my sub stack. Um, but other than that, it has not been... Um, yeah, and that's baileyshelton.substack.com. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, yeah, if you want to read a Q&A from Lauren Morsley, uh, illustrator based here in Glasgow, that's what that's what next week's newsletter is going to be about. It's just a interview, basically. So That yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Um, she's cool. It was like one of those things where I was like, oh, we would be friends. Like this, <laughs> this feels like a coffee with a homie. So that was nice. Ah, well, like, um, for me yesterday, the, this room was uh, alive with activity here at the studio as yeah, we had Sionich, we had Sionich had... in to, uh, record. Yeah. yeah. You had Meech Ram, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> see Tramshackle. Yeah. And, um, and Iowana, they're, they're the, you know, they make up the core of Sionich. Sionich. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was fun. They were recording a couple of tunes, something called pirate eyes and something called big bad bone, which is big great. bad bone. Yeah. That, uh, that is like a rock and bluesy kind of thing. It's like a romp. I like, it. I was going to say big bad bone sounds like it has a, it has a guy going in the background somehow. Instead it's got Iowana like belting. Yeah. Yeah. That's also good. Yeah. 
So that was fun. I mean, it was cool, but the, we had, you know, we had a full regular drum live drum kit here in the studio. And so it was loud and proud and, um, it was fun because probably, you know, the, you know, that my secondary booth is actually the mudroom behind the studio. Right. So that's where siege Mm -hmm. was with the (laughs) guitar and amp. He was relegated to the, to the out, uh, to the other side of the door back there. So. He was in, well, I mean, that's he was kind in of Studio what, B, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, the entire plan with like that wing of the house is to be able to like close the door and basically like use that. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the whole studio area. space. So we have, and the bigger studio, which is the garage, really. But we could, <laughs> sometimes we well, have to take that over if we need extra space. But yeah, I was going to say, you, you know, you have a few rooms that you could do that with. Yep, we just run long wires. That's what happens. So you also um, have the guest bedroom too. Like, well, we don't do that yet. <laughs> I, I in that, the office? No, definitely not. No. <laughs> um, no, those those rooms aren't built for sound like that. So no. Um, well, I would argue neither is the garage, but that's besides. oh no, the garage is excellent because we can put um we can put whatever we want around it because there's so much room. So, you know, like we can put sound barrier around everything. <laughs> There's room for that. Yeah, but that, it, but it, one could argue that you could sound barrier the other rooms as well to make them sound good. Uh, and there's just not, not that much space, you know. I mean, the studio here is all sound. It's all been sound built, built to be soundproof. So, yeah, sound um, dead. So. Um, we get, we, we have a very good sound deadening in here in the room with the stuff built into the walls to do that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, not so in this living room I'm in. It's, it's pretty echoey. I don't think we should get abandoned here. <laughs> right. Not the least of which is, is the fact that I live on the third, which I, I live on the third floor. Um, which means that you climb up three. I thought you said it was the fourth. Well, like they, so they, they I was talking to you about that. So yeah. I think that this is actually the fourth floor. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like my apartment number is three one, and it goes like zero one two three. And I think right. that that's just the European thing. And then I actually live on the fourth floor. Like now that right. I think that I have like ground floor and then me. first floor and then second floor and then third floor, but the third yeah. floor is really four floors up. Right. Yeah, because what they, they want to do is they want to shame you, right? Yeah. When you're carrying groceries up and you're you're panting, it's only they want you store. to think, you're only on the third what's floor. wrong with me? I'm only on the third floor. Right. That's sort of like that Donald Trump thing where he like, the floors in his building start at like 15 so that everybody feels like they're on a higher floor. <laughs> do you know that's true? Like in Trump, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that just as much as I like living on the fourth floor. So, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? It's like, you you know, it's because it's for prestige or something silly. You're on the 20th floor and you're actually like on the fifth floor, right? You know, like, but it's called it the 20th seems floor. Like it's kind of hard to So when you visualize. use it for an address, it's like you got a really high up. Oh, wow. You're on the 20th floor. That's prestigious. Yeah. It's just as fake as, you know, can be. It's all marketing, Bailey. The whole world is marketing. Yeah, but that just seems like lazy marketing. Yeah. Well. 
just feels like you went to the post office and said, hey. <laughs> exactly. Um, that and I feel like um, maybe. I would also call it shady. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like kind of shady, but it's shady in the way that like um, getting a vanity plate that says money man is shady. <laughs> right. Money man. <laughs> 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 it's like it's only so shady that like i know what you're doing almost immediately and really what this means is you just filled out some paperwork <laughs> well you paid somebody I mean, a little bit more and you filled out some paperwork and then you and know, now then you're the money man or you know in in in, in a better vanity plate the band one, you know, the bandits car, he's bandit one and bandit two is the truck. Or, um, I saw a clip of Seinfeld on my feed the other day. That was, um, someone mixed up the, the vanity plates at the DMV and he got, um, is, I think his name is, oh, I know. I don't remember any of their names. The tall one with the fucked up hair. um, his name's not Kelso. That's that '70s show. Kramer? No. Okay. From anyway, Seinfeld? one of the Seinfeld guys, not Jerry, okay. not the short one with the bald head, the other one, um, basically yeah, got a vanity plate that said "Ass Man." He's an ass he man. Like, I'm not ass. I'm not the ass man. This is not me. <laughs> and then he was like, I guess I could. And then it cuts to a clip of him like parking in a space that says like doctors only. And then a uh, a police officer comes up and he goes, excuse me, sir, this this parking is doctors only. And he points to the um, the light vanity plate and goes proctology. Uh, which I was like, huh, that's a good butt joke. I guess, yeah. No. I mean, it's a dad joke, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I am a dad, so I'm partial to those. Yeah. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, know, vanity, vanity plates. Uh, another vanity plate that I think of is um, uh, it's from a, a Michael Conley story, but also there's a movie, The Lincoln Lawyer. And yeah, I remember Lincoln Lawyer. So, like his his license plate was "I walk him." You know, he's like yeah. a defense lawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, I like the cockiness of that. There's actually a new Netflix series. I think it's Netflix of uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah, and, is it is it still with Matthew McConaughey or is it a different? No, guy? no, it's a different guy. It's actually really really good. I liked it a lot. I watched the first season of it. Um. Yeah, it it was good. I uh uh it a different vibe than having McConaughey uh as Michael's as Michael Mickey Holler, I think that's the character's name. Yeah. Well, I remember wasn't Lincoln Lawyer like a whole series for a little bit of books in the book? Yeah, well yeah, Lincoln Lawyer is a whole like he Michael Connolly has two main characters that he writes books actually there's like a third one now because but the main one is harry bosch uh, and all the harry bosch novels which i think there's like maybe 17 of those mm-hmm. and then uh the lincoln lawyer 
vein, which is like, I think there's like eight or so of those. And then since Mickey Holler, the lawyer is the stepbrother of Harry Bosch. Sometimes they're, they're in either ones. So I think I read like two or three chapters of one of those books. They're not stepbrothers. They're half brothers. That's what they are. Like they they have the same dad. So when I was working at, at the opera theater of St. Louis, um, it was like during the opera, the, because we were the garden staff, it was like, we would just go into like the back room behind the catering and like hang out during the show. And then 15 minutes before intermission, we'd go out and we'd reset the garden and then we'd, you know, wait until everyone went back in for the second half, set up the champagne toast and then go back and hang out for a while. And because the Opera Theater of St. Louis is on Webster uh, University's campus, uh, we that back room ended up being like the anthropology department or something so it was like we were sitting in this like old house with this huge bookshelf of like free and donated books to the university and i read like two three chapters of um matthew Connolly book um where it was like some Michael lawyer Connelly. doing something with a trial and i yeah i think it was like a drug charge or something um and then I made friends with the other staff members and never read it again. <laughs> so you need to finish that. I've read all of them. They're really great. They're I don't awesome. even remember what the title of that one was. I, I, so like, I guess it's a moot point, but you could read them in order. I mean, I did. I, 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 re I had read many of them and then I went back and just read all of them in order. So well, when I picked it up, I was like, oh, I know dad likes this. Um, yeah. So. And the series, uh, there's a series Bosch, which is on, I think think amazon prime it's on it's on one of the streaming services but bosch is an awesome series i think it's it, it lasted like seven seasons and they kind of um ended it um but it has titus wellover playing harry bosch he he's really good and in fact he like um is the audiobook reader for the bosch novels for like the last like 10 of them or so <laughs> so well, i remember we listened to the audiobooks in the car a lot like driving up to granny's or you just went through like an audiobook phase where we were listening to i mean i guess i'm still in that phase i i, I, I listen to audiobooks pretty much constantly so yeah well i think what it was was aj had gotten into one or two of the books with you mm -hmm. and then he was like hey let's listen to this like you said like oh i'm just starting this audiobook or something and then it became like what we listened to in the car everywhere I think that was we a, went i think that was a grisham book because AJ, aj loves john grisham well what was weird about it was it was like sometimes he'd turn off music to listen to the audiobook you guys had been listening to together and i like <laughs> was either zoned out or completely not invested for the first like maybe i wasn't even there for the first like three or four chapters so it was like i was listening to a book where i had missed the whole premise i was like uh -huh. okay so i'm listening to a courtroom drama right now in the car and i have no context no. for it <laughs> <laughs> and i think i asked and you guys had to pause it and aj was pissed because he was like okay I'm not going to sit here and try and listen to the book while you explain the book to her. Like, <laughs> I was like, 
what am I supposed to do, man? <laughs> I'm in the car with you for the next hour. You want me to sit quietly while you listen to your book? <laughs> well, you know, you could just kind of dive in. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I understand his, uh, you know, he, he, he gets a little frustrated with that, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, the same th thing goes for video games. It's like, um, when we like take turns playing video games as a kid, I feel like it was like, oh, okay. Well, you guys have completed the first 20 levels of this and now you've each died once. You just handed the controller to me. <laughs> and I don't know any of the fucking controls. <laughs> we played through all the easy levels and left it like for really hard. <laughs> And then, and, or and you, you're not very good you at it anyway. Complete it while I was not there, and then it'd be like, "Oh, we're doing a playthrough on crushing, and you've never played it, and we're on level twenty. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then it would be like well, a backseat but, driver. The but to be fair, time. but to be fair, you would also be like, "Give me a chance," and we're like, "We don't. I don't think you. I, I can do it. Okay," and then. <laughs> <laughs> then you jump well, in and, and you die almost immediately you kept, you kept like trying to buy games that we could all play together so it was like we did um what's the one with the yarn people uh, it's little like big little planet little yeah. big planet yeah i love that game oh well it's a good there's game yeah i think aj kind of hated it because i was actually like pretty decent at it <laughs> like, so your turns lasted longer yeah yeah <laughs> he was no, like I mean, god you haven't died and it's been like 10 minutes i'm like yeah no, but but with little big planet it was cool because we could play at the same time like all three of us could play yeah the multiplayer and the problem that you had was that you'd get killed because we got too far ahead of you like you know the problem i had a lot of the time was that there's a function where you can like pull people right mm -hmm. and so i'd be like solving a puzzle or collecting an item or something and aged get impatient run back <laughs> grab me and then pulled me off of an edge killing yeah. himself well it, it, when i was playing with you it wasn't on purpose we would just like get you we would just drag you out of the screen because like you you weren't coming on we're like yeah yeah i know you want to play with that but like let's go yeah like, <laughs> we're here to complete missions and not gather items or do any of the side quest bullshit yeah <laughs> yeah stay away from the side quest we're dragging your ass on with us yeah but there's a puzzle box or oh this is a puzzle <laughs> that gives us a bonus thing but you can only solve it in multiplayer so i've played this level and I wasn't able to do this, so let's do... No, 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 no. Let's finish level. Okay. Yeah, we weren't very good uh, teammates, were we? We're pretty bad. Well, I think it's just, um, you know, in retrospect, now that I've, like, you know, played Dungeons & Dragons the lead, lead games like that, um, you start to learn that, like, different players have different reasons for liking games right like <laughs> especially in Dun dungeons and dragons it's like there are certain people who really really like the technicality of like the stat blocks in fights right like they like playing dungeons and dragons for the like beating like breaking the game having a big hit killing a monster or like 
making their spell card deck and knowing all the statistics for the spell cards and stuff. And some people hate that, <laughs> like hate that. So it's like, I think with video games, we it's under acknowledged that there are a ton of different like game player types, right? Where it's like people who play video games can at times be playing them for many different reasons. For example, I love solving puzzles. I really do. I find it very gratifying. I think that it's fun when the like shiny object is found or like all of the things click into place. That's satisfying for me. So, so you like, said you were playing Hogwarts Legacy, and it's a whole lot of that stuff. Oh yeah, the Merlin <laughs> tasks are very fun. Like, yeah. in my opinion, the I'm whole like, thing yeah, I did, that's I, nice. I, there's nothing about it I didn't enjoy. I love the whole game. Like, yeah, um, I think it's really well rounded. That's what I love about it. The um, only thing that I'm struggling with right now is like there are some side quest things that I'd re like. I want to play side quest, but the main quest stuff is prompting and so there's a certain like anxiety drive where i'm like well well okay the fate of the world is in my hands apparently but i gotta like go to potions class right now <laughs> like, like, <what? laughs> i uh, the, the thing that i realized as i was playing i was probably I was probably about 50% into the main quest when I realized, oh, I don't have to do some of this stuff right now. And in fact, if I do, it's going to be harder because yeah. what, what happens in, in that game, the, the thing is, if you went and did every side quest before you did the main quests, you would absolutely dominate the main quest because yeah. the side quest gives you a whole lot of extra clothing, magical powers, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. like you learn how to do a bunch of spells that you just don't know. And it won't let you proceed in the main quest unless you're at a certain level of side quest anyway. But yeah. if you are just barely clearing that, you are going to have a real rough time with the main quests. You need to be mm -hmm. like a little bit ahead of it before you. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's actually just wise to have more magical power when you go into things. Yeah. And honestly, I really like the, there are certain aspects of it where it's like, um, you'll see something in the game like, oh, there's this weird giant mirror that when I cast Lumos, it like shows me a different place, but I don't really know where that place is yet. And then I think it was maybe 10, 15 minutes later in gameplay where it was like I ran into a fellow Hufflepuff and she was like, what's going on with these mirrors? And I was like, ah, I got you, bitch. I've solved like half of this already. Like, <laughs> you don't even know how to make it turn into a picture yet. That's fun. Like, so. Yeah, they kind of give you hints around some of that stuff as you go. Have you figured out how to do the puzzles on the walls yet? No, I'm trying to fucking figure it out. I'm like waiting oh. for a kid to prompt me. Because I'm like, okay, out. well, the symbols have to line up somehow, right? And so well, I'm like, they, 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 there's like a, is, there's actually a, um, like, don't tell me, I'll figure it out. Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's actually like kind of a, uh, uh, it's a, it's a cipher. So you have to figure out the, yeah. what the numbers, what, uh, what they equate to. Um, yeah. So, so I've already it, like tested yeah. through a few different versions of that. Like, I know that they don't mean like the core, like, I, I tried out a few different variations of like, oh, is it like the distance between each of these items? Um, like they're supposed to add up to something. Um, so I tried that a few different ways and it didn't work. So, well, I mean, think of how ciphers work and it'll help you. That's my hint.
Yeah. Okay. Like, like you know, when somebody's like trying to code a message, like like they're, like they're, if they're writing it out and they would go like the simplest cipher in the world is like the alphabet numbered off, right? So it's like one is A, two is B. You know. Yeah, and I understand then, that, but like but, what I'm saying is like I counted from okay, this is at its original position. The top one says nine, so. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine did not work. Right. It's not a simple cipher, but it is a cipher. No. Uh, yes. So what I'm saying is I already know it's a cipher. Okay. That is apparent to me. However, I have not solved the cipher yet. <laughs> Once you solve it, it's cool because you're able to get a lot of stuff out of those. Places. Yeah, because they're everywhere. They're every I'm like, man, that and I've yet to get the like door unlocking charm thing. Like oh, Al Alohomora. Yeah, you have to go I find all those. I haven't learned Alohomora yet. And it's really bugging find, me because there are. You have to go find those stupid moon, uh, moon, what do they call them? Have you met Professor Moon yet? No, I've not met, met Professor okay. Moon. Well, when you meet him, um, he'll. Um, I, I don't know if he's a professor or if he's just like the grounds, like a keeper of the place or whatever, but uh, it, 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 he's not a professor. He's just Mr. Moon, I think. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, he has these things that you have to find in order to, and you bring them to him and then he teaches you Alohomora. <laughs> so. Well, I also think I'm not entirely 100% on this, um, but I've seen Jimmy playing through some parts of it in different houses and I think that there are a few different like ways of learning each one built into the game. Like I think it's almost randomized a little bit because like um, yeah, if you play, if you're you you because you can choose your house. I mean, you sorting hat picks one, but then you can pick your own if you want. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like the game is different based on what house you're in. Um, well, I'm sure it's a little different, different. characters, and yeah. you're in class with different people. Right. I'm sure it's a little different. I mean, uh, mostly because your common room is going to be different. Yeah. Right. Like the Ravenclaw common room has a whole bunch of stuff in it. It's going to be different mm -hmm. stuff if it's the Gryffindor common. Room. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so for example, like, um, I don't know. Do you remember Jackdaw's cave? Uh huh. So in the Hufflepuff one, it's prompted by one of the paintings in the Hufflepuff common room is like this Aurors great grandfather or some shit. Mm -hmm. And so that painting is like, hey, you seem to be a trustworthy and loyal Hufflepuff. Go to my granddaughter and she'll take you to Azkaban. And it's like, bro, this is supposed to be a safe space. <laughs> like, well, uh, you know, that's interesting. It, it makes me want to like just decide to be a different house house play yeah. <laughs> i um i i mean i had uh, a great time playing all the way through as ravenclaw um but i you know i i i loved all the the puzzles are just really good they're just a lot of fun and and the main quest is a lot of fun the goblins are just <laughs> I just, I just don't like goblins anymore. Any of them. After playing. What about that sad little guy who got his cart uh -huh. stolen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, He's well, a good he, goblin. he didn't react that well even after. He still had a little bit of, you know, uh, goblin. He was very nice to me. I don't know what you're talking about. He was, but he had a little edge to him even still. It was kind of like... You know, when you meet an old guy and he uh, acts like he's not racist, but he's still got a little bit of racist in him. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's the same kind of thing with the goblins. Like, they're still a little bit, you know.
I mean, the guy with the car who got like his shit stolen and are you talking about the guy who like is a painter? Yeah, he got his stuff stolen and you get it back for him. But he still says a couple of little comments that let you know that he's still, you know, while he is tolerant and will talk to humans, he's still not completely feeling like we're equal. I I mean, I think the only (laughs) thing he really said was like, um, you know, I usually try and stay out of it because like humans aren't exactly nice to me. Yeah, like, but okay. he said he said something else. Like, yeah, so I I just felt like um, it, all the goblins can, you know, I I saved I saved his stuff for him, and I didn't feel like he was appropriately uh, happy, you know. Hmm. Like, dude, Maybe I had you to weren't fu- nice enough to. Him. I had to go fight forty five crazy goblins and a mountain troll to get this back, and you're just like, thanks, blink. You know what? I'm also on story mode, so it was more like I just auto killed like three guys and then solved the Merlin puzzle, and I was like, "Oh, uh, cool." Oh, you don't have it. You don't have to actually fight. You do, um, but I wouldn't call it fighting. Uh, you have it on pussy mode. That's what you're calling it. That's I have it saying. on story mode. Yeah, you have it on pussy mode. That's yeah, uh, yeah. happily. You know why? Because I, I wanted to enjoy the story. I wanted to frolic around Hogwarts. That's what us in the back didn't want to fight mountain trolls. Yeah. And I still do technically have to fight mountain trolls, but like they're not hard to kill. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're exceptionally hard to kill, but no, that's see, part of the fun of the game. Again, now, different now, different now, strokes now, for different here, folks. Here's my the dude. thing about <laughs> it. Like, like I said, if, you, if you've done enough side quests and stuff, it's really, you know, you can kill them. If you haven't, you can't kill them. Like, <laughs> if you're if what you're you going do? through the game and you have and you haven't built up enough magic power, and you go to fight one of those mountain trolls, he'll just stomp you into the ground because you're just not capable of doing anything to him. You well, know? so <laughs> I think I found that out really because I was going to Jackdaw's cave and I was just like following the arrow, uh, and then I almost died, and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, this is weird. I'm actually getting health bar indicators. Yeah, well, see, I think the thing is you put it on the mode to where it's not, it, it takes a lot of the challenge out of the game, but also no. it takes the having to do combat out of the game. I, it, that's what I mean. It takes a lot of the challenge out of the game um, and l- maybe bump it up one level so that you'll actually be able to see the, the, the actual gameplay happen because no, <laughs> I will not, all, be all you're that. doing is watching the game basically. Yeah. <laughs> but I still have to solve yeah. the puzzles eh. and I'm still part like of the puzzles exploring to solve the is, map and, and part of doing, solving the like, puzzles is having to take care of the things that are coming at you and challenging you during it. Mm hmm. You know? No, yeah, I I disagree, because and here's the, here's the thing: it's not that I cannot do combat shit, right? Like I can, I can pop it up to medium if I wanted to, and go through and just take longer and actually do the fights and all of that shit, and that's fine. But quite frankly, I'm not that interested in like, ooh, I hit him hard and it looked different when I like the animation, like. That that doesn't appeal to me at all. Like uh, watching Deanna, fights does not appeal to me. Well, why would I want to so. watch it? I want to participate. I don't want to watch it. 
it's boring to well, watch. <laughs> even if I'm participating in it, I'm not enjoying it. Like it's not fun to I mean, me to be like, "Ooh, I've figured out how strategy. to take down this motherfucker." Yeah, like, that's figuring good. that out is the challenge of the game. Like it's no. one of the bigger challenges in the game, actually. Okay, well, I don't really want to be challenged in that way. I don't want to have to figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> you don't like the puzzle of beating them. You just it's like not the that. It's not my kind of puzzle, man. It's not. I don't. I don't particularly enjoy trying to figure out like defeating a mountain troll. It's not my thing. There's plenty of other parts of the game, man. It's a big game. I don't need the mountain troll part. It's fine. I mean, if you're enjoying it without the challenging part of the game, great. It really is awesome. You're like, yeah, that game sucks without the fighting. I'm enjoying it without I mean, the fighting. No, I didn't Good. say that. I didn't say that it would suck without the fighting. It would just only be half the game. Well, okay. I have no interest in the other part of the game. It's also why I don't play Mortal Kombat or fucking well, no, stop. Call of Duty. Because those aren't... Those Mortal are 100% games I'm not going to enjoy. Mortal Kombat is not at all a puzzle game. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a fighting game. It's a, a fight, fighting strategy game in general. Yeah, and what I'm saying to you is like, I'm certain that Hogwarts Legacy is equally a fighting strategy game if you are adding the fucking like difficulty level into combat. Well, you still have to you still have to learn the spells. You still have to go through the combats. You still have to do certain things with the spells in combat to meet certain requirements. It's not like they took the combat aspect out of it. Like I still have to do like the different defense against the dark arts spells. It's just that I can have a bunch of time to do it. There's way more of a like a safety net of okay, they only take a few hits and. You still might be facing off against four guys, but you have a little bit more of a heads up before they whack the shit out of you. Okay. So you don't have to restart the level over and over and over again. Well, I mean, that's what I was trying to say to you about it. If you play ahead on the side quests, you won't have to play them over and over again anyway. Well, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, again, I, the combat side does not interest me. I'm going to do the side of, quests anyway. And if that makes combat of, so easy, I can slice through it. Cool. Part of the coolness of the game is figuring out strategically what side quests to get done so that it's not like so challenging when you have to like win a, a battle to get to something. <laughs> well, so, sure. But the, yeah. again, battle strategy is not a thing that really draws my attention in any game setting. Hmm. Not, I'm not the battle though. type. It's not my thing. I feel sad for you. Okay. Well... I don't think you'd like the games I like anyway, because I like. I think I described to you once, like I really like deception games, and I remember you being like, "What's a deception game?" And I was like, "It's when you purposely lie to people and you you like betray their trust." And you were like, "Oh, that sounds mean." That does sound mean. Yeah. You like mean games. I like. <laughs> I do. I I like me a mean game. I like winning mean games, to be honest. I see. Well, there's like, a fair amount of deception, I guess, in Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> well, know. well, I like the it kind of it's like you have different options with some of the conversation pieces. I kind of like you were talking about like, oh, that kind of makes me want to play through different houses. I kind of want to play through Slytherin <laughs> to see if there's like a real like forced into evil bit about it <laughs> like 
Well, I mean, like one of the main characters in the, in the game, one, a couple of the main characters in the game that are, that are your friend, that become your kind of your friends are Slytherins. Yeah. Um, and they are like, one of them is definitely on the edge of dark sided evil. And the other one is not, he's actually, mm -hmm. while he's a Slytherin, like he's interested in not being evil, right? Like on purpose, it's like a choice. Right. And yeah. so, <laughs> You know, well, like the kid who's teaching you makes the that choice that even that he would kill him, he would even die before he would be, before he would do what he has to do to, <laughs> to survive through the things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's sort of a, uh, an interesting thing to me. Cause you get to choose really, if you want to be able to do the spells that you're literally like, I think you could get through without doing those. I just, there's no way I would. It's no, that would take all the fun out of it. <laughs> like, I, I, it, it's obviously fun to be able to cast the unforgivable spells and take out the mountain trolls much faster. You mm -hmm. know, like the, the mountain trolls, they don't, you know, die when you cast Arvada Kedava on them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not on the, not on the real level anyway. And so you hit those suckers with that thing. And it takes down their, you know, health quite a bit, but they still just get a little bit angry and come back at you, <laughs> you know, I mean, and fighting them with regular spells. I mean, geez, do we just want to well, sit here all day? Cause you know, that, that dude's going to pound you into the ground. He's, he's pretty tough. Like, yeah. You know. Well, so the other thing is like, when you have a partner on story mode, at least it's like, that guy ain't doing jack shit. Like, like I was oh, like, no. there's a mountain troll in here. He's run in, run into a little shop. Like <laughs> Bailey, that is I'm a like, video why game are you cliche. teaching me like the evil curses if you aren't even using them? <laughs> you aren't using anything. Like that's that's the that's the way it is on every game. Like yeah. uh so if I have it's like why uh, are you here, buddy? <laughs> an example is um oh, what's the name of that game? Well, Uncharted's uh, although, like that. Uh, Uncharted's like that to a to a large degree, but I was thinking of um, Good Lord, I was I, I can't think of the name of it, but there there are several games where the guys fighting along with you are pretty worthless. Like I, I was trying to think mm -hmm. of which Call of Duty it was where I felt they were the most worthless. I think it was like Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, like the first Modern Warfare Two, not the current one. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you would like run off with your battalion or maybe it was like battlefield bad company or something like that you run off with them and the guys that are fighting with you are literally not even firing their weapons they're just kind of mm -hmm. there yeah. <laughs> and, and and you manage to take out they're like they're, they're telling you stuff all the time like they have some kind of insight and help but they aren't doing anything to really help you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you have to run off and kill the entire battalion of other, of, of other troops. And then they're like, wow, we barely made it through that. It's like, we didn't do Jack, dude. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you sat there in the bunker while I actually fought them. Like, <laughs> yeah. if it well, weren't I for feel me, like it's like you'd be toast. Like, it's one of those things where in my head, from what I know about like, programming in general i'm like i feel like it wouldn't be that hard to say okay well we're gonna write a script for these npcs where they are gonna take out enemies in a certain fashion at a certain pace where it's like yeah 
he's going to shoot at the person who's closest to him in this pre-designated path. Um, and then at this point, at, like, at this rate, the enemies are going to fire on him versus you. And he has this much health. Like, it's just a math problem. I feel like they could probably solve and it would be like, yeah, there's a certain amount of NPC assist, but the NPC isn't going to take out all the enemies for you. Like at a certain point, the NPC will die if you do not do what you need to do. I actually feel like the ones in Hogwarts Legacy are fairly helpful from time to time. <laughs> they actually do seem like they might actually uh, attack someone occasionally. But Yeah, I feel like there's only been like one time where it was like, okay, well, we're dueling five people, which I, I personally do not understand how Lucan does his fucking... I'm like, what kind of a tournament is this if like the harder, it, like the higher up on the bracket we get, the more other people we're fighting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, show was, me your bracket. I'm like, confused. So here's the thing: I I did that entirely too fast. The the like the, the dueling club, and I come in there and I'm fighting like four or five people. I was actually on the phone with AJ when I was doing it. <laughs> I was like, these guys are just whipping my ass, man. Like, there's like five of them. And I'm like. I don't even know where to begin. Like yeah, my spells it's the are... championship for the tournament. I'm like, why are there two teams and one team has five people? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're just and I and I actually I think you I think you don't I think you have other people on your team. They're you just like worthless. One guy. <laughs> I'm I'm the guy and the guy with me is just worthless. He's like hiding behind stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, so I was focused on one guy and I kept hitting him into a corner. And so that guy was like on the opposite side of the room. And I like turned around and the other three were attacking my like NPC. I know. So I said, <laughs> and I was it. like, oh, shit, should probably help <laughs> you out there, bud. <laughs> well, what I what I, what it felt like to me was uh, the start of the water war when yeah. like, uh, you know, everybody on the other team would team up on me personally. Like when I was well, <laughs> I. I hate to tell you this, man, but you are a pretty easy target. <laughs> you guys would all take on just me. Like you weren't fighting <laughs> with each other. Yeah. We're just going to drown dad. And then like, and you got everybody else in on it. Yeah. yeah it wasn't that hard to talk people into it. <laughs> okay, all right. We're going to go team up on dad, right? Yeah. And then I pulled out my super weapon, the hose, which is the best well, water gun. Well, yeah. you see all of the uh, other adults were like, yeah, it's a great idea. Because I'm going to spray Joe, and then we're going to drink his beer together. Uh, then I took the hose and started spraying <laughs> everybody down, because I'm not just the only one getting wet. Yeah. And the hose is definitely the best water weapon, because it doesn't run out. No. You have to refill it. No. <laughs> and that's your right. As the person paying the water bill, by all means, go for it. <laughs> Take me out. I will water you down. Yeah. <laughs> you know... It's a uh, it's a good thing that the water war has been retired. Honestly, it was a. Uh... I gotta say, it's not as fun when you're an adult. <laughs> well, now you know why the adults would bow out a few minutes into the water war, right? Yeah. I don't really want to be wet for the rest of this. Well, we would be anyway, but like we were okay for you know. Oh, it's been twenty minutes of getting squirted in the face. I'm good, but you guys would yeah. go on for like an hour before you got down to one person. It was a battle royale before they even had Fortnite. No. <laughs> Before Hunger well, Games, there was the water war. In fairness, once you're already soaked, 
It's just you know, about how I much mean, energy you really have left. I think that our audience needs to know about the water war. So what happened with the water war and why, what we had was that we had little kids, um, my, my kids, AJ and Bailey, who were had discovered water guns at like the age of four, three, something like that. Well, and as soon and, as um, you're old enough to know what a water gun is, there's a time of year where the store is full of water guns. Right. So, and you guys like were um, allowed to play with the water guns outside, but you brought them inside one day. <laughs> and that day, all the water guns got confiscated. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and put it to a high place where they couldn't be reached unless they were given to you with adult supervision. And yeah. so what we decided was that we would have one day a year where we had a, a water war free for all in the yard outside. And that's the only day that you were allowed to play with water guns. <laughs> and that day was July 4th. Yep. Right. So every July 4th, we would have a water war for independence day, um, which I got to say is probably the most patriotic shit I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't set it up like the British versus the Americans or anything like that. It no, was literally it was just, yeah, a free for it was, all. It was exactly like uh, the actual Revolutionary War where like it was like wear whatever you got in your closet, buddy. Like we got to go well, shoot some people. Put the, and, and you know, and it's bring your own weapon. So whatever yeah. kind of water war you, gun you can acquire or fashion was allowed. And we had a baby pool filled with water in the middle so that you could put your gun Restock. in and, ref yeah. and refill, right? And uh, and then, you know, basically, the last person to leave the fenced-in area of the yard was the winner. Um, yeah. So the adults would also play, and about maybe five to ten minutes in, most of the adults were done and yeah. out of the game. <laughs> Almost and then it was just time. a matter of like, okay, how long until the kids give up? Usually, you know what would happen is like every other child would get tired out and there would be one kid who was like, hey, I'm not really done. Um, yeah. Could you all come back in here so I could shoot you in the face for a little bit? Well, I remember that Cheryl won it once. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know AJ won it several times. Um, mostly because he's just, you know, he can, he can really tolerate anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> he, uh, that's the, the boy scout in him really where he could like, you know, he, he, he was like the first boy scout to do the, um, in the woods overnight camp by himself thing that you have to do mm -hmm. for a merit badge. He was like the first one in his troop to do that because <laughs> he can well, literally just tolerate anything. I remember him doing it, and then the next day, I was like, so you were in the woods all night? And he was like, yeah. I was like, by yourself? Yeah. What was that like? He goes, I don't know why people saw it was such a big deal. I just went out, collected a fuckload of wood all at once, built a fire, <laughs> put the biggest logs on around when I wanted to go to bed, uh, fell asleep, and it was still kind of burning, and then I built it back up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, he could pretty much tolerate anything. I mean, you yeah. know, bugs. I was like, all right, that sounds horribly yeah. not fun, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, he like had a bunch of brush up against the tree when we went out there and found him, you know? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Like, you guys <laughs> are all, yeah. 
It was though. He was like just it was like his first Boy Scout camp out and he did it. And a lot of the older scouts hadn't done it even yet. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like the firecrafter badge, right? Like you have to oh, yeah, that's he was like a, the final he, thing he, he, before you get well, your The Firecrafter is a pretty big series of things and he had that very early. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean he we we went camping all the time, so he he liked to build the fire. So Yeah. I remember when he was doing that too, because it was like you had to do it every single way in the handbook, basically. And so mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a, it's a survivalist badge. But AJ yeah. really likes building fires. Like it's just a thing that yeah. you know well, he knew how so like the different ways was the the interesting thing because we had we had done it you know when we did camping all the time he liked to do marshmallows well and he also you know he always fixates on certain topics and and that was his one for a while was like fire yeah i mean he could probably build a titanic from scratch as well right yeah he could at least explain to you the diff- various like inner workings of how it was made and why it sunk so <laughs> Definitely why. I mean, he he had that one book that like told every little detail of it. Well, so, you know, there's this fun fact about it that's been circulating lately where they're like, you know, if they had hit the iceberg head on, it probably would have made it to harbor. And I was like, I heard that when I was like eight, man, like, I don't care. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah. I, it, yeah. It, my brother was obsessed with the Titanic. So I... Yeah, it, it, sure. it actually definitely wouldn't have sank if it hit head on because of the way it was built. It was built to withstand that. They didn't plan on like the entire side of the hull being scratched open. Yeah. And that's basically what happened. So like they, they made it so that as long as a couple of the sections of the boat got water in them, that it wouldn't sink because in, you know, most of experience when you hit it, like when someone would hit an iceberg, they'd kind of hit it head on and it would like break the front of the boat open. So they yeah. made the boat so that it could be broken open on the front and still be fine. The problem mm-hmm. is it scratched it all the way down the side and opened it up. So all of the, like all of the sections got flooded. <laughs> yeah. So well, because they like, turned the boat and they were like, okay, thank God we've, we've escaped it just barely, but they didn't think about like, well, under the surface, there's like a jaggy piece that's, yeah, under the the the, the iceberg is much bigger under the water, and it you know scraped the whole uh, the whole of the side of the boat, and yeah, yeah, which I, I mean, knew when I was eight because AJ, AJ, yeah, <laughs> yes, AJ had every single Titanic book, and we went through the Titanic exhibit at least four times, and, and, and the Titanic movie, like I think he played it on endless repeat, like yeah, I've seen the Titanic movie so many times. Well, because there was a time where. He was like delighted by the guy hitting the propeller. (laughs) (laughs) Which in retrospect is very morbid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He, he was also, um, he, he loved the whole, the whole thing. Like uh, he would sit there and just look at what they did with the woodwork in here, you know, and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and honestly, I, I kind of nice, get all the boats that we've been on have not, nowhere near that nice. Like we've been on like, you know, uh, pontoons and boats in the. <laughs> well, and I kind of get that because I feel like I had a phase with that and volcanology, like where I was like really obsessed with volcanoes for a hot minute. Uh-huh. And I remember being in um, it was like I went out west to visit Aunt Emily for a while and we went hiking at the like, Craters of the Moon National Park, which is 
in the like if you've not heard of this it's totally fine like dear listener this is not a popular national park okay it is with it is between like yellowstone it's like not a far drive from glacier like it's near the grand teton national forest (laughs) like 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 there are so many other national landmarks and like big nature things that that it is understandable that you have not heard of this national park however i have because it is like a perfectly preserved um like it was probably the last volcano to erupt before the west was like really had a high population of human beings in it so there are still like miles and miles of dried magma and then like several volcano peaks with the like volcanic rock on it so like it has like the shiny obsidian stones on top um and i was like walking around with emily and i was like this is the coolest thing ever look at that gnarled tree did you see that fox crawling out of the, the magma fields like the like dried magma rock i was like things are living in there life it does live on and emily's standing there like that's nice (laughs) (laughs) uh that's fun so that's my titanic i feel like (laughs) she she does have a uh very calm demeanor about things (laughs) i think she's also just it's like one of those things where you know she was a she is she and Uncle Ben lived in that um like wild wildfire spotting station for a while. So I feel like to a certain degree nature is just she's not surprised by it. Like she's like, yeah, man, I have like an ecology degree. Like I I <laughs> I I've seen it all, buddy. Like happy to guide you through it for the first time ever. But it is weird that you don't know how to hike well. Well, and then there was also her, um, you know, they did the rafting trips. Like, they were like rafting guides <laughs> through yeah. the rapids. <laughs> so, that I'm sure added a sense of calm. Well, I think it was funny because, like, both of them have been rafting guides, and we went on a rafting trip down the Snake River while we were, th- while I was out there. And they had, like, a big, giant raft. And, at one point, Ben was like, hey, Bailey, you want to know how to steer? And I was like, sure, whatever. And Emily, like, shot him a look. And I was like, no, that's fair. Both of you are way more experienced at driving a raft than I am. But, like... <laughs> so did you try? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I'm it's sure he, not, was, um... he was close by, right? Well, <laughs> I don't even know that he was necessarily, like, the closest by. It was just... You know, he'd been down the river long enough to know, like, yeah, this is a patch where I can easily teach somebody how to guide their way through it. Like, it is not hard. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he's been uh, down that, I'm sure, a lot of times because they were taking people on trips up and down it all the time. Yeah. Well, and I also, you know, I like going down a river. Like, that's, you know, I had a kayak for a while and part of the reason was because I like doing that sort of thing. Like just dropping in and exploring something in a kayak is fun to me. Don't you still have a kayak? No, I sold it when I moved. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was one of the bigger cells that I did. Um, sold that and my bike and that computer. 
Um, actually with the kayak, it was funny because, um, the guy who bought it off of Facebook marketplace, he was, you know, he drove into Indy to pick it up, met me out back of my apartment. I had it there with the handle and he was like, do you have a life vest for this? And I was like, no. And he goes, oh, okay, no worries. Um, and then he told me, he was like, they already owned three kayaks. Um, but his wife had just had their, their third baby. Um, so they needed another kayak so that like all of the children and the parents could have, like they were building a fleet of kayaks basically. And I was like, Oh, cool. Well, good luck. Well, I mean, you're building, the your... fleet. you're getting a kayak for the newborn. They aren't going to go kayaking for a minute. I think the idea was like, he was like, okay, <laughs> One of my my youngest is now old enough to have her own kayak and we need to just start leveling up these children and getting new kayaks and eventually we will be five kayaks deep and it will be fine. (laughs) I was like, yeah. That said, he he hands me the, I think he paid like $150 for it, which um, I only bought it for like $120. So I was like pretty pleased with that. Inflation. yeah and i had it for like three years like like i put some wear on it um and he well, takes that makes it, it better he, it's better like, with wear sure yeah it, i mean it's made of plastic so it cannot be but sure <laughs> so he takes the kayak to back to his car and i'm like like already back in my apartment when i really think to think about it, i'm like what did he drive here in huh i should look and see if he's all right and i see him threading the kayak on delaware street in the middle of the day on a saturday through like a like it was like a really fucking tiny i think it was like a volkswagen it was like he was threading it through a tiny little (laughs) volkswagen compact in the back hatch open he had one of the windows up front (laughs) open and i was like just sitting there watching him through the window, thinking about where he puts the other three kayaks. Probably like just at like a cabin or something. They probably have I'm a place. Like, yeah. Y'all better have a trailer. Like I don't probably like, have a place. They probably have a place where they just like they just put them, you know, keep them by the by the river or something. They probably live. Yeah. By the river. They yeah. have a bigger boat to take their small boats down to the dock. <laughs> Maybe that. Yeah. yeah. Uh so I, I also forgot I was uh, Friday. We um, I went to a radio radio to see Daryl Scott mm-hmm. um, and Brandon wide was the opener. Daryl Scott. I hadn't like what happened was I think it was like Wednesday or so Ray Hoskins called me and he said, Hey, you want to go see Daryl Scott on Friday at radio radio? And I was like, sure. Okay. Who's Daryl Scott? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, and he says, well, you know, he's, he's written all these great songs. Like, um, you'll never get out of Harlan alive. And I was like, okay, don't think I've heard don't that, know one. that one. Let me okay. go look up Daryl Scott. Like, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Cause he's like texting me this. So I mm-hmm. look up Daryl Scott and I'm like, oh, well this dude wrote, it's a great day to be alive. Like Travis Tritt song. He wrote, he wrote long time gone from the Dixie chick. Damn. He wrote Heartbreak Town from the decision. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, yes, I'll go see this guy. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, absolutely, I love those songs. Like, mm-hmm. didn't know that he had written them. That's my fault. Um, 
but they were all three songs that have been in my set as cover songs before. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I was, I was like, well, cool, this will be fun. And then Brandon wide was opening. Who's um, I mean, Brandon's a, a touring artist like me, but he's from Indy. Um, and he, um, he was really good and I hadn't seen, I would seen him a few years ago, but, um, it was cool to see him. Mina Keohane was playing uh, keys for him, which was good. Uh, have you seen her before? I think you mm-hmm. used to go to the chatterbox, right? She played yeah. keys with Charlie Ballantyne. Oh, I might've seen her then. I, yeah. sure. And, uh, I'm really keys, bad with names. Honestly, she played but... keys in uh, Jeff Kelly in the graveyard shift for a while too. Um, okay. So she's really good keyboard player. And, um, so it was a good first set. And then Daryl Scott came out and I mean, his guitar skills are off the charts. It's mm-hmm. he, he played solo, but he kept switching guitars and he, he had extended solos in just about every tune <laughs> because he's, I mean, that was like the, the highlight of it is that he's just an incredible instrumentalist. He he's mm-hmm. a decent singer, but he's an incredible player you know what I mean? <laughs> like and uh uh so it was really it was a really fun set he actually played like because gordon lightfoot passed away he played a couple of his songs like the edmund fitzgerald song which mm-hmm. is um i guess probably his biggest song it's the only one i really like go oh that's gordon lightfoot i, I he was a little before my time really mm-hmm. um but a lot of people love that uh and he passed away last week and so he played a couple of his songs and and he did them total justice. I mean, he was crushing it with, (laughs) he had, and this is why I I remembered I wanted to bring it up to you entirely because his main guitar that he was playing was a white hollow body Gretsch. I was like, it's a Gretsch. There's the only reason (laughs) you would start a sentence about a guitar to me is because it's a Gretsch. It's the one that you love. Like (laughs) I, I still love a Gretsch. I do never owned one. Because they are more expensive when they're left-handed guitars. Yeah. Uh, but. That thing was pretty, and he just—he um, made it sound like heavenly. It was—it was amazing. Yeah, he played. Well, uh, they're he really played long time gone on it. You know, and that thing at the start was like, you know that. Yeah. I mean, it sounded so good on that hollow body. Yeah. It was really cool. They sound tired, but they don't sound haggard. Yeah, that one. Yeah. They got money, but they don't got cash. They yeah. got music, but they don't have Hank, I think. <laughs> yeah. My brother found work in Indiana. Yeah. That's a start. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. um, apparently he's from Gary. Uh, oh. Actually, East Gary, Indiana, which he said is now called Lake Station, Indiana, because they changed their name a, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, but he grew up in East Gary. Um, so he was, he was actually from Indiana. Oh, which funny. was cool. Um, but he was awesome. It was a lot of fun going back into radio radio. I hadn't been in there since before BC since BC. <laughs> BC. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's still the same, uh, place, same dude at the door. That's been like there since the building was built, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, stamps your hand. You still get like the big, uh, 
It's a huge stamp. Huge stamp. (laughs) It's like I have a giant. I have giant hands, right? And it's like covering like my whole mitt. I'm like, how do girls get the like? How do the little dainty girls get this? You know what it is? Is it there's there's a technique where they kind of wrap it around your hand too. And you're like, you don't need to do that. Like rolling it on your hand. (laughs) Stop stop rolling me with your label maker. Like stop. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, um, and then I, you know, I saw quite a few friends there. So that was cool. Um, But it was really fun just uh, going and kind of hanging out in Fountain Square for the evening. Yeah, I bet. Um, had had a burrito at Revolution, which I love their burritos. I've always been a fan. Have you been to Revolution? Yeah, I'm, I've been there a few times. Um, their salsa is decent. Um, yeah. Their margaritas are good. I didn't have their that. Tacos are overpriced for what they are, but they're good. Yeah, I love the burritos. I, I got a mm-hmm. burrito and uh, and that comes with a few chips and some salsa. So yeah. I mean, I don't dig on their regular salsa, but their salsa verde is good. Oh, I like the regular salsa. It was good. I was fine. Yeah. We had um we had a very hippy dippy waitress. Yeah. Um yeah, and you know, after she'd come back a couple times with you know, you know what I mean by hippy dippy, right? Like they're just like super happy and like wearing all the hippie clothes, right? Mm-hmm. And um and she she's like um you know, I was like, Hey, what's your name? You know, I was just, I, I, I wanted to see and it, Chloe. I was like, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you had made me guess, I guarantee one of the first five would have been something like Chloe. <laughs> right. Um, um, have you been to Yasso, the like Jamaican place in Fountain Square now? I have not. It's good. You should try it. Yasso. Um, next time you're down there. Yasso. It? It's it's um it's in an old bank. It's it's like between um lay where gosh, I can't remember the name of that brewing co that's in the old value world. Um and um the Greek place that is now a Mexican place. Um so it's like on that strip. Is it on Shelby Street? Yes, it's on Shelby Street. Okay, so you're talking about Fountain Square Brewing? Is it in front of that? So, Fountain Theater, weird diagonal street beside Kuma's, and then the brewery. It's either, it's not Upland, I don't think. Upland is right there. So, Kuma and Upland are across the street from each other. Yes, so it is Upland. Oh, okay. It's past Upland, and Upland was Value World for a while. Okay. Well, I mean, when I was in high school, it was valuable. It was, but they tore that down because Upland's a brand new building. Yes, I know. But okay. again, it is on the same footprint. They have the it's same the parking spot. lot as the Value World. Okay. Just because they didn't use the Value World building doesn't mean it wasn't formerly a Value World. Okay. Like, so it's it's the uh, so it's past Upland. Is it? Yeah, it's past Upland, but before that fucking Mexican joint that used to be Creek Isles. Uh, oh, that wasn't Greek Isles. Greek Isles is over in downtown. You're uh, right. That one used to be. It was a Greek place, but I don't remember the name of it. Mm. Okay. Taste of Athens, maybe. No, that's a different Greek place. 
<laughs> I know what you're talking about though now. Yeah. So it, it's on prospect. Yeah. Shelby. Okay. Yeah. But it's in, it's in its own, um, contained lot. It's like, so there's places to park. That would be fabulous. Yeah. I mean, there's no places to park in Fountain Square. I, I, I was actually discussing this with Ray as we were looking for a parking space. That all, uh, it, it seems like the two big entertainment neighborhoods in Indy, which are um, well, uh, Broad Ripple and Fountain Square, are completely devoid of parking at all. And they, yeah. they attract a lot of people to not have any place for them to actually be there. And well, honestly, it's because the few of the the bigger like lots are not available to park in. <laughs> like the one where Wildwood Market is used to be and is now closed down as of like literally a few months ago. Um that was a really easy place to park before Wildwood went in there. And then across the street, you could park at that liquor store because the liquor store didn't give a shit. But now they've like torn down that liquor store and it's now a different thing. Um, And then the other place that would be good for parking is um, there's that tiny little um, parking lot that's like three, like four rows of parking all crammed into like one lot um, right beside um, Bovacanti Coffee and the bus stop and there's like an empty lot that's like gravel and it would be great for parking but it's a private lot and these are all around broad ripple right no these are all these fountain, are square. fountain square okay because I, I i'm uh, you're saying those places and i'm like i don't know where those spots are there was a okay. uh, there's a parking lot that's behind the, the hi-fi yeah like, uh, but that's, that's that's their back lot now yeah like in the summer the that's shows not, there they they have shows outside in there, but then there's another parking lot behind that, like that's actually behind on the other side of the street from the high five behind it. That's like you're not talking about the bank. Yeah, you're talking you're talking about the one across from the church. No, I'm talking about the that's a bank, but they 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 let mm -hmm. people park in there at night. Yeah, but the, but that that I mean that's like the only parking lot really, so it's really full. The on the other everything else is street parking. Well, yeah. so. There is a lot that's Here's across from Kuma and next to Revolution that like I was going to say for, it's for Kuma only it says but I was going to say the Kuma <laughs> lot is is pretty much free reign. They do not you yeah. did not hear this from me dear listener. But if you are in Fountain Square I would suggest just parking in the Kuma's lot. Well you can't because uh, it's full. I, I well, guarantee it. Like it, right now I, it's full. It's like the middle of afternoon on sun. It's like Sunday. Like there's still full. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't agree. I've, I've found parking in there many well, a night. Uh, how, how about this on Friday night? There's no way you're parking in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe like I've, I've on struck out street. on a Friday night before. We, we got a lucky spot on a side street behind uh, um, Kuma. There's also a Churchill a church parking lot that's maybe two blocks off of shelby street um yeah. but it's a walk like from there used everywhere. to be a good lot down selby shelby street that was beside the brass ring but they built an apartment building in it i know i'm pissed off about that because you could park behind the brass ring and the brass ring would not care and they didn't add any like parking for the apartment building when they yeah. built it. so uh, yeah when they started building that i was like that better be a garage on the first two floors. And then it was uh, not. 
I don't understand. It, th that should be like definitely an ordinance. If you're going to build a high-rise Which is weird because you should Fountain have to provide Square, some parking for it. Like I don't know if you know this. Fountain Square used to have very strict ordinances. Yeah. Like very fucking strict ordinances. But I think what happened was like those ordinances were upheld by like a neighborhood program or something. Um because Fountain Square was one of the few neighborhoods that like actively was like, no, we don't want a fresh time market here because it will ruin our con community culture. And their like neighborhood wouldn't approve the building of it. And now, well, I mean, I don't have, have a got, problem like, with them building the apartments at all. They just needed to put some. No, but what I'm saying is like, <laughs> you know, because otherwise what happens Fountain is the, Square the people that live there have to park closely. somewhere. Right. But what I'm saying is like Fountain Square used to be closely guarded as far as like neighborhood approvals go. Mm -hmm. And you would think that one of those things is like, hey, we live in this neighborhood. Parking's a bitch, especially on weekends. You can't build this many dwellings and bring this many new people into the neighborhood without designated parking. Right. Because, you know, that, and you can't say, oh, we're not doing parking because we want to support a walking neighborhood or whatever. Because that's just ridiculous in Indianapolis. Well, because you can, <laughs> well, especially in Fountain Square, because you can build it, but people who are able to afford living in Fountain Square, especially in the brand new apartment complex, like are not going to, are not going to not have a car. <laughs> well, right. And you're, and, and especially since it's, there's no there's no grocery stores or anything that close yeah no you literally cannot survive in fountain square without a car because you need to drive to a supermarket well you can survive i guess you just have to take an uber everywhere or a bus right but like the nearest grocery to fountain square i'm pretty sure is like the walmart in greenwood oh uh, i don't know about that i think there are um no i i'm i'm lying it's it's by garfield park it's that like super saver yeah there's in like garfield park yeah. but I, you and, still and, have to drive we, there because it's over um <laughs> it's a long way it, it it's like you have to pass you're not, you're not carrying your major groceries roads. you're not carrying you're your not going to carry back. your groceries over it yeah. no it's, it's like a two mile walk yeah yeah um that, that's what i'm saying it's not a it's not an area where you would just go oh this is walking it's like no, not really. I mean, unless you just eat out all the time, because there are well, a lot and of there's not a restaurant. Like there. you could take the red line, but there's not a red line stop by that grocery, like which is stupid. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm like, wait, there's not a red line stop there. <laughs> like, yeah, the, why the, not? <laughs> like this, that's such a failure of civic engineering that you would have to like walk a long distance from the grocery store to the red line which is the only bus line well there's other bus lines there actually are well yeah but the, the red line is the express line anyway yeah the red line is the express line there's like two other lines but they don't like what i'm saying is like there are a few bus routes in indianapolis but they are all small local lines that are not well mapped and so like the bus stops aren't marked like it's hard to really navigate them. They don't have a unified, like the Indigo app is not really trustworthy. Like, and there's not well, the, the one thing about it that Brent always told me is that like most of the time, if you need to switch buses, you just end up downtown and then back. So yeah. like they don't go across each other. Really. They yeah. kind of spurn out from the middle. 
So yeah. you end up taking a ride one direction to come back the other direction and then take it back and do the other thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's a, yeah. So basically <laughs> what they were talking about with, um, they wanted to put two new bus lines on Washington Street. But the problem with that is that you would need to widen the lanes on Washington Street. And that would be the main problem. But also, if you're going to widen the, like, if you're going to pull up that much cement along Washington Street, it brings up a lot of problems with, like, the fact that downtown's drainage system is fucked. So the next people to repave the roads have to pay for the fixing of the waterways. Like, yeah, there, there's actually, uh, that's the, 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 you know, the North split in India is having a, uh, it's like five months behind or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so like it's going to be a hundred million more dollars than it was because oh, awesome. when they dug down and got under it, they had all kinds of problems. And then of course the, um, materials and everything got a lot higher in cost yeah. during the project. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes sense. Everything's inflated and also nobody has even looked at how that stretch of highway has been constructed since it was put there. So, yeah. So it, they actually reopened part of it this week. Um, and they, it was like five months behind schedule on that. There's still a lot to go, but oh my God. <laughs> what part um, did they reopen? I know that this is like 6570. You can get all the way through the North split now. Oh my God. That's yeah. beautiful. It, it's not fast because it's still like restricted heavily because it's not done. Like there's just a yeah. few lanes open. <laughs> well, still. Yeah. No, so um, it's funny that you say that. So as a side project, I've been like slowly but surely like building out city guide stuff for Indy because I want to do like travel righty stuff. And I know Indy better than any other city ever. And Indianapolis does not have like a really adequate city guide. So I've been writing one and I sent you a Snapchat that was like, yeah, I just put this map of the near North side and like it has the major streets. And then I also included, there's like a very specific back road to like get out of the neighborhood because the main one used to be the 65 70 split. Like you'd have to get on the interstate to like go out of town from that neighborhood. That was the fastest way, um, which sucks during rush hour. But the other half of that problem is that because of construction, that on-ramp like for a while was closed. So you literally could not get out of the neighborhood. You'd have to like go to the next exit down. Um, and the next exit down is Keystone and Rural, like where Keystone turns to Rural. And which so... Is, which is six miles. Which is six miles. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about it is that... <laughs> The only way to the main way to get from the near north side to rural is to go over a railroad track onto North Massachusetts Avenue. And the railroad is frequently used. Like, like it is a frequently live line. And so you could frequently get stuck there at like very busy times. And those so, are freight trains. They're not like short yeah. passenger trains. They're no, like, they're not short. They're not fast. And they, <laughs> you will get stuck there. And so will everyone else because it's a major way to get through the city. However, if you are a local and you have driven there a million fucking times, you know that there is another way around 
by like turning left on that street instead of right and then taking like a weird fucked up back road around some like a like old apartment buildings and um warehouses and then you go underneath the like railroad and then you come out like on the other side of the overpass for the on-ramp to the interstate like you literally come out like right there and it is it has been a lifesaver so many times like so many when i'm like okay i don't want to wait for this million car freight train to pass by i'll just go left I mean, I don't think it had a million cars. I think maybe you were exaggerating just a no, little. No, two million, in fact. <laughs> I was lowballing. You were lowballing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounded like you were not lowballing it. I feel like maybe you should you trust me. You know, you should believe women, Dad. Oh, okay. You know what? You're right. I, I now have. I, I now now I'm woke. <laughs> how many episodes of gilmore girls did you get through this week zero you didn't watch a single episode of gilmore girls this week not get to watch any i I, I was thinking about it yesterday i was like i was gonna i need to watch some gilmore girls i'm like wait a minute i'm recording all day it isn't gonna happen (laughs) so well I i was gonna watch some yesterday but we you know we were literally in the studio most of the day so i watched ted lasso last night did you, did you? I haven't up finished on Ted that Lasso? I no, I haven't watched anything this week, really. I mean, My um, guy. I watched one. Well, well, Sarah and I watched an episode, a couple episodes of a new show on Netflix. It's called The Night Agent. Nope, haven't watched that. Um, so we watched like the pilot and another episode of it. What's it about? Um, it's about a um, it's an FBI agent who is stationed on this phone in the white house and there's like any they have these uh special operatives that are doing special projects for the president Mm -hmm. and um you know investigating things that are really sensitive right and the person that sits on the phone like takes the calls if they have a problem like you know some kind of an emergency or whatever he's like the emergency he's the dude that answers the phone and Mm -hmm. like figures out what to do and how to help them. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's about that. It's about that guy, like one of the guys that mans the phones and, um, you know, of course something happens and he has to follow up throughout it, right. To the situation. So that's what it's about. It's, it, it's really interesting. Um, and very well acted, some good actors in it. Um, so guys, it, it seems like a, like the main character is someone who I haven't seen before. Um, but there are several of the bit players are like, you know, all time bit players, like the guys you would see, like playing the, the side roles and in, in, in different you know, things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's full of that kind of a, of a cast with, you know, like kind of a new main character. Um, so the, like I said, the first couple, it was really good, but I haven't watched a lot this week because we were, you know, doing things, doing stuff, Bailey stuff. It finally warmed up this week. It's nice outside here, you know, 75, 80 degrees. It's it's, Um, Oh, I got sunburnt yesterday. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah. So I was in the park, um, a little pink. Well, it was warm yesterday. It was 60 degrees. 
Um, so in the morning, I was like, man, <laughs> 60, I huh? I want to get out of this house. And so I went to the park and I just started like chilling on a bench. And I was on that bench for like four hours. Well, where was um, Jimmy? He didn't take you to the park? No, he didn't. I think he was probably sleeping. <laughs> well, um, I mean, what's wrong? What's what's up, man? He should have been walking you in the park yesterday. Well, I'll let him know that he failed me. Um, yeah, he but did. no, I mean, so I was just sitting on the park enjoying my day. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, didn't really feel it because it was 60 degrees out. But now I'm sunburnt on my shoulders. Oh, yeah. You need to remember to use that sunscreen. I've been telling you that since you were two. Well, in fairness, I moved to a country that's overcast most of the time, so I didn't really think it was possible. You know, um, overcast leads to more sunburn. Do you realize yeah. that? Now because, I know. Well, because it's not as hot, people stay out in it longer and they get sunburned more. Well, see, and I, I am the example that proves the rule. Yeah. So you're welcome. I know it's true as well. I remember getting sunburned once when I was like maybe 18 or so. And it was like a March day and we were playing basketball. It had just like, it had hit 50 degrees and we decided to play, you know, because it was warm mm -hmm. enough, like to play basketball outside, you know, just warm enough. I know some people would go, Oh, that didn't seem warm enough, but you know, it was right mm -hmm. 48 degrees, a little bit of sun, you know, we got out there and play basketball for like three hours, man. I, my face was just like peeling roasted, like, <laughs> so I didn't put, put any sunscreen on, you know? And just the, you know, just being in the sun, it didn't matter that it was, the temperature wasn't the situation. It was the, you know, just the sunlight hitting you. So. Okay. So I've discovered a problem. Um, what, what problem? So, discovered? Well, so last year, uh, two years ago, maybe even, um, I was in a movie called Christine's Wager as Rave Party Goer 9. You were? I was. Um, now Christine's wager is a Christian film. Uh, and the reason I was party rave party goer nine is because, uh, my friend Aaron is dating one of the people who was a production guy on Christine's wager and they needed extras. And Aaron was like, Hey, uh, do you want to hang out tonight? And we can be extras in this movie. Uh, and I said, sure. <laughs> And we were the only two. I don't know if I've, I feel like I've told you this. We go to this, uh, where we went to the old spaghetti factory. No, that's not it. Maybe the oldest bar in Indy. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Um, I don't know it's what the like, oldest bar in Indy is, but it's by Lucas Oil. They've got the Blues Brothers paraphernalia. Oh, um, uh, the Blues Bar there. What's the name of it? Gosh, why is it hit? It's this is ridiculous. I know. I've been in there millions of times. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so it, the, in that bar, I'm I'm literally going to look up a map and find the name of it because I forget what it's called and it's bothering me. Um, so in that bar. The Slippery Noodle Inn. It just came. Uh, I knew it. See, yeah. I was like Old Spaghetti Factory. No, oh. it's the Slippery Noodle. Yeah. So they were shooting in the Slippery Noodle. Um, for those who have not been in the Slippery Noodle, it's like one of those bars that has like five fucking bar rooms that all have a different vibe. So in the Slippery Noodle, there's like the main like stereotypical like dusty old saloon room um, where they've got like the bar and then a row of seats and then a few two seaters um, and the giant glass mirror with the like blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, they've got this staircase up to a second bar above and some private lounges. And then they've got like a seating area that's like set up for dining. Uh, and then in the back, they have like basically an event space where they have a raised stage and a secondary bar room and an entire kit to do like rave lighting. And this is where they were shooting the like main like Christine has fallen into temptation scene of this okay. Christian film. All right. And the the people who were making the film were lovely. It was like this couple that wanted to like make a movie and so they just like out of their savings like pulled out the money to make like and produce this movie. Um and all of the other extras that they had were like friends of that family and then friends of the like production people who they knew through like youth group and like church community. So it was like all youth pastors basically. Uh, okay. And then Aaron and I, so Aaron and I were the only two people in there who looked like we had been at a nightclub before in our entire lives. And the the instructions for us were like, okay, you're gonna we're gonna play a few seconds of the song so that you can get the tempo, and then we're gonna do the shoot, and you guys need need to just dance to that tempo, uh, and then we'll put the music in and the sound over top of it. Um, and none of these guys in their khakis and polo shirts could figure out how to keep a rhythm. So it was like I was counting under my breath, making eye contact with like two or three guys in this extra group because they did not have a sense of rhythm about them and they didn't know how to dance like they were in a nightclub. And that was my entire evening was like Aaron and I just like coaching them through this. Okay. So this is um, called Christine's Wager? Yes, Christine's Wager. Okay. So maybe like a week after I moved to Scotland, Aaron sent me a message and she was like, hey, uh, you have an IMDb now. And I was like, do I? Cool. Wow. And it's for that one credit as party goer, rave party goer nine. Did they put Christine's a picture of you Wager. in there? Um, no, they don't. I don't. No, they don't. And in fact, it's double bad that they don't have a photo of me in there. Because, <laughs> because apparently someone with my name was on additional crew for two episodes of Tulsa King. And now I have their credit too. I see. So I've I've gained a credit for something I did not do. Apparently I was additional crew on Tulsa King for two episodes. So is this um, Christine's wager watchable somewhere? That's a great question. Um, I, I'm sure it is. Huh. I but gonna, I want to see you as, uh, you know, what were you number nine? Like yeah, number there's oh there is a rave scene. Let's see if I'm in the picture for it. No. See all cast. Jennifer Taylor, Jennifer Colon. Michael Markoff. I'm just seeing if I know any of these people. I'm, I'm rolling down the cast here so I can get to your raver. Oh, is that 
I think I found, yep, I found me in the background of one of these photos. Really? Cool. Yeah. Here, I'll... Photo 15 of 150. Rave party goer number nine. Yeah. I see rave party goer 12. I'm rave party goer nine. I'm trying to get there. Well... I don't see you. Let's see if I can sign up for IMDb. Oh, you can contribute to IMDb if you pay for it. Or no, that's free. Add data that will be seen by millions of people and get cool badges. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Bailey Shelton, rave party goer number nine. That's me. Actor. Bailey, you're an actor. Sort of. But you haven't been on Tulsa King. So you, I have not. I was not additional cruel. You should contact them and get your net, your picture on there. I, yeah, I just wanna. I just wanna let the people know. Um, I am only. I, I wanted to dispel the rumors. Uh, I was not a part of the cast and crew for Tulsa King. <laughs> um, You're only an actor in uh, Christine's Wager. Yeah, I I was only rave party goer nine in Christine's Wager. <laughs> Yeah, way to go, Bailey. You're now an actor. You can say that as well. I, I could. I, you're, I really you're a could. Graphic designer, editor, and actor. I it's not a thing that I'm trying to promote at the time. Well, um but hey, maybe if I know. get a few more credits uh of my own volition. If you not... hear of one of these things, I would love to be an extra and get an IMDB. I mean I don't oh, I don't I don't really I think... like I it's never really been my thing to be like an actor but i would totally do like uh some uh, some kind of yeah, background just for person fun. To, to get on yeah. the imdb as an well actor. so um <laughs> my friend austin aaron's boyfriend um he used to live in los angeles and he was saying that for a while he was an extra and it was just a matter of like calling the agency and being like hey um if you ever need extras i would love some gigs in that regard um <laughs> right. I'll stand around for a while, follow basic instructions, and be in the background of movies. That's fine for me. So I'm sure that you can in indie. Like I'm sure that there's at least one office that you could call. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I'll, maybe maybe I'll uh, talk to a couple of my friends and see if I can get in the background of something. Yeah, just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool. I could I could be like the bowler in the uh, in my high school paper. <laughs> Yeah, well, so like, um, like my friend Felix put here the is my friend Felix who lives here in Glasgow. He he does extra work, and at one point he was like, "Oh, do you want to be an extra?" And I was like, "Well, is it a job?" And he was like, "Yeah, obviously you get paid for it." And I was like, "I can't, <laughs> like I can't be an extra here because that would mess with my visa, like, <laughs> which sucks." I'm like, "Man, I really wish they would let me do that for free so I could just like." do it for fun <laughs> and then i think to myself like well some people have to survive off of being a film extra so maybe just let them take that job like that's fine <laughs> i mean they, they they can probably work it out with your visa just you know they probably aren't willing <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm sure they could sponsor my visa but would they probably not i mean like yeah. That's a really short-term thing. I don't know how that works. Probably um, not. That That's what I... He said, yeah, I mean, it's a job. And I was like, okay, so no, then I'm okay. 
Bummer. Yeah. Okay. Bummer. Well, since there's no, um, you know, Gilmore Girls, I'm I'm pretty much at the end, but we can uh, chat again next week. Hopefully, I'll get a couple of them in. Okay. Well, you let me know if that or your burgeoning extra career works out. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time on Family Rabble. Love you, Bailey. Okay. Love you, Dad. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.